from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is John Small. I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur, and I am thrilled to have my guest today, to introduce you to my guest today, Chris Weber, a legend who is a five-time NBA All-Star, the number one overall NBA draftee, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Weber Wellness. And Chris recently announced a partnership with JW Asset Management to launch a $100 million private equity cannabis fund that will invest in companies led by entrepreneurs of color pursuing careers in cannabis. And uh, that's a that's a very noble effort. Chris, thank you and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, John. And uh, already I like you because uh, I'm a record collector and I see you have some <laughs> vinyl back there. So Yes, uh, I am a DJ. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I'm a DJ from way back. I have collected vinyl my whole life. I'm DJ Kid Finesse. When, uh, this is my, uh, <laughs> that's my, that's, what I'm talking that's about, my alter man. ego, DJ Kid Finesse since 1985. I was just talking to my nephews maybe a while, a couple months ago about just how when I buy music online, it isn't the intimate feel anymore because before you got to open up, see a beautiful picture or book, and then you got to read, produced by this, maybe a little more information, but and I know anyway, I miss those days. <laughs> I'm always telling it to my son, my son's a huge He's starting to buy vinyl. He's 15. He's starting to buy vinyl. That's the way to, that's okay. the way to listen oh, that's to music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was reading a report that says 80% of cannabis businesses are owned by white people. Less than 10% are owned by black and Hispanic people. So I imagine that is why you're getting... Tell me a little bit about why you decided to start this um, equity cannabis fund with asset. You know, a lot of times it's just about having access. And sometimes your celebrity brings you access or your address or where you are, those type of things. And um, luckily, I've had a pretty good uh, track record in business. And I was talking to Jason. We just realized that we had a lot of passions that aligned. And, and one passion is we believe that you can do well by doing good. You do good by doing well, however you want to put it, because really, He's one of the largest investors and the leader in this cannabis industry. And if it isn't anyone of color, why is that? You know, especially when you have all these other programs. And so he believes in people. And, you know, we believe that they're hardworking people of all colors, all types, all genders, because you talk about women, you're going to even get crazier numbers. So uh, we just really believe that we can help make a robust industry from the top to bottom and the bottom to the top by giving those uh, people access that are really good at what they do, have been putting in the time, work hard, and uh, want the American dream like anyone else. Right. So what has cannabis meant in your own life? I know that there's been such a stigma attached to it for so long, right? And you even had some problems, you know, with cannabis possession in your life in, your, in the past. So what has it meant in your life? Have you used it recreationally to help you with, with your, the quality of your life? Or like, what has it meant for you? Yeah, you know, especially coming from, you know, a household, you, we, you know, growing up, you're in church, you know, twice on Sunday, Saturday and Wednesday, you know, those type of things, you know, never heard my mother swear. So let alone alcohol, but something like this, that the government put millions of dollars in to stigmatize it in the wrong way. So I knew that it was uh, going to take a while for culture or for the government to catch up with culture. Usually the government's late and the people are early on it. But it really started happening because, man, I would have surgeries and go through all these uh, surgeries or pain. And, you know, I kept somebody throw you a pill like it's nothing. 
And I remember very frankly, the constipation, the headaches, the stomach pain, those type of things. So I would start talking to other doctors and I'm not in any way making a statement that anyone should change and based on what I'm saying, but I would talk to other doctors and gain information and I would see and learn about the benefits of that. And being that my body was the number one thing that I had to invest in at the time. I really didn't care what anyone said about it. And so it really was just oils uh, from THC, but really for body then and um, CBD uh, at the time. But uh, definitely I've, I've had a great relationship with it as far as uh, when you talk about mood enhancement, you talk about sleep, never had some issues or when I've had issues that some of my other friends had, I've had a way to go to it without something being as addictive as maybe some other alternative. So for me, yeah, I've had a relationship with it uh, for a while. And that's why it's funny. I did an interview the other day and some athletes called and just said, you know, thanks for taking the bullet. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's guys like John Sally and others. They're like, well, no, I can definitely come out and say, you know, but uh, it definitely has been tough as an athlete to try to embrace it publicly, but I'm retired and uh, hopefully I can spread the positive message of health and healing through cannabis. No, it's, it's great that you're doing it. And you're right, like Sally and Matt Barnes and Al Harrington have come out. And the secret is that a lot of players are, you know, use it anyway, right? It's just that it's because it's illegal in some states and not federally legal, you know, they have to hide it, but it's really helped them a lot. Right. And that's and it obviously helped you tremendously in your, you know, to recover from your from all the pain and wear and tear that your body took playing. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And first, shout out to Matt Barnes. He's, he's like my brother. We play on the same teams together and uh, I'm supposed to be on a FaceTime with him uh, a little bit later. So hopefully, Steve just put, you know, him out, you know, things that they've done. Yeah. And because it, it's not about me. This is about business. You know, if you listen to guys talk, they'll talk about we need more inclusion. And that's all I'm doing. I'm not making it about me. I haven't talked about, you know, my brand or company the last four or five years in cannabis because I didn't feel necessarily it was the time to have the conversation. And I think now, based around business in the industry, there's definitely time. You know, I don't know of any other industry, any other industry that has put this amount of um, effort or money toward bringing in people of color. It's not there in tech. And that was the latest big industry. It wasn't there in the automobile industry. Damn sure wasn't there in the cotton industry. So I feel good to be hopefully part of change. And anybody knows cannabis culture is everyone. It's inclusive. So why, why have a business that doesn't represent the culture of the people in cannabis? Yeah. You mentioned your business. What is Weber Wellness? Tell us what Weber Wellness does. Web Wellness, we've done a little bit of everything, but the last in cannabis, uh, what we've done uh, is brand management. Uh, actually, I, I have a strain that's being released uh, in California, I think in two weeks, C4. Uh, we manage other brands, players only being uh, one of them. Uh, we have relationships. Personally, I have cultivation. We have vertical, uh, vertical operations, uh, a couple in California. So just very happy to be part of an industry that you get to grow and learn so much. So from the building to the cultivation, uh, to uh, the dispensary, the packaging, we're, we're, you know, we're pretty much a, a full service uh, management company is what we've been. And so hopefully through our relationships and what we plan to do in the future, now that we're telling people about ourselves, uh, hopefully we continue to build trust. How are you going to um, identify the companies or the people that you want to invest in those entrepreneurs that you're, you're going to give a chance to with your fund? Do you, have a, do you have a kind of a plan to identify who they are and how you want to get behind them? Yes, we've been taking meetings every day already, and we're not even really set up to that you know, point yet after just announcing. So one, it's not just me. 
anything that happens happens has to happen through a movement. And my partner is Jason Wilder. That's the start of diversity, him and myself working together. And so he has a great way of sifting through, obviously, with his track record. Uh, myself uh, is one of understanding, uh, you know, what's going on. So it's many ways to decide. But I think that you'll see our strategies that we believe that you can invest in successful companies. Like, if there are no black or brown companies, does it matter which black or brown companies we invest in? You know, because people have been asking, like, what type of black and, black and brown companies? Like, successful ones? Ones that are going to start up? Ones that, like, what type of companies do white people invest in? Yeah, exactly. Why you is that different? That. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, it's the same. Everybody, it's the exact same. It's just people that had no control of what they look like being born and living in that frame. That's the only difference. Everything else, everything else is the same. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's John Small from Green Entrepreneur. And I have a question for you. What would you do as a small business owner if you had an extra 15 hours a week to really focus on your business and not all that minutia and busy work that slows you down from focusing on the big picture? Well, that is where our sponsor, Belay, comes in. Belay is an innovative staffing solution which offers virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists for growing organizations like yours. Check it out. You can reclaim that 15 hours a week by hiring a virtual assistant to do your emails, to do your scheduling. Oh, what a dream that would be. To book travel for you when the world opens back up. To plan meetings. To even do expense reporting. That is what Belay specializes in. I love Belay. It's a great company. I wrote a story about them a few years ago about their company culture. And it is a fabulous place to work and offers wonderful services to their clients. To find out about Belay, go to Belay Solutions backslash green today. That is Belay spelled B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com backslash green and tell them that John Small from Green Entrepreneur sent you. Okay, now let's return to our interview. When you guys take a meeting, what is it that you get an instinct for of a company that you would want to invest in? Well, look, I, again, I think it's everything. I mean, you can tell a company is successful by looking at discretion. And then, of course, a mission statement means about how long you've been in business. Is this your passion? Are you married? Can you live on chasing your dream hungry for 10 years? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I didn't just get gifted the MBA. So I know what hard work is about. My father worked for 30 years uh, in the factory. My mother was a teacher and I own uh, several businesses. And so when I bet the businesses that I invest in, or when I vet a friend, when I vet a family member to work with, I'm looking for positivity. I'm looking for hard work ethic. I'm looking to you understand that there's something bigger than yourself. I'm looking for somebody that's a go-getter. What is your plan? What have you done? Do you make excuses? All those things. But those come through not only looking at the spreadsheet, going to your place of business, talking to people that you work with as well, and, and getting to know people. But the great thing is, is that these interrogations, these interviews, these relationships are happening, whereas there are a few successful companies that we're already going to work with that I already know, and no one even called them, period. And their spreadsheet is better than anyone else. So again, this is about giving access. And not only are we giving access, but you have to remember the communities that we're coming into, we're giving training. So the same communities that these unfair laws targeted, these communities that were, you know, so disproportionately abrupted or halted so many lives in, in ways that 
will never be able to recover. Hopefully, we'll be able to give training, uh, not only through training, you give inspiration, you help uh, individuals, which ultimately help their communities. And so I think for the industry of cannabis, not just for the cultivators, not just for the branding experts, but for everyone, hopefully it affects all the way to delivery in certain areas that we could just be a positive reinforcement for those that want to have a life in this industry. It's, It's that simple, but given access. Are there any areas right now in cannabis that you're excited about? You're kind of a student of the industry. Anything you see kind of coming that you think is uh, a good place for entrepreneurs to be focusing on right now? I have a place that I like, but I don't know. I haven't thought about it for entrepreneurs. I've thought about it more selfishly for myself. (laughs) You're an entrepreneur. (laughs) And not even for myself, but I mean the benefits. Research. Research, man. I'm, I'm just so happy, you know, for so many years we, we didn't have it. And there's a, you know, a couple of agencies that's giving some great research about how it affects the body. And, you know, you have to have research first to change laws and, and continue change laws and find healthy remedies for people. And I'm sure we're going to see many years later that we had some remedies right in our hand and didn't know it that maybe older generations or older people can take advantage of. So I'm I'm just looking forward to the impact and the health and wellness in people's lives. And I think that starts with uh, research, uh, research. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, the more states open up, the more people will actually be able to research because there's such a prohibit. It's hard to research right now with the federal, the fact that it's federally illegal. It's a tough thing. So you made this transition from being a star athlete to an entrepreneur and having your own businesses and being very successful in the in the second half of your life, second act of your life. A lot of athletes don't have that experience, right? Like, you know, we always read these stories about athletes that go bankrupt after their careers and stuff. What do you attribute your um, success to? How were you able to transition? Was it very difficult to transition from like this one life? You're so focused on your basketball career most of your life, right? I mean, you were, you were a star athlete your whole life. And then all of a sudden you have to do this other thing. Was that hard for you to transition? I think it's difficult as difficult as it is for anyone. I don't know if we hear that many stories of the athlete going broke and those things as as we used to. Uh, Maybe those were the older athletes because we have more access to information and access to management and those type of things. So hopefully that isn't happening as much, but I definitely understand what you're saying. But I just always tried to learn and look to those that came before me, and whether it was still in a basketball move or still in an idea by Isaiah Thomas. You know, he's one of the first businessmen I, I got to know, and he, he owned the Toronto Raptors and started from the ground up and has a champagne company, other things. He's in the cannabis industry. And so I just have some really great examples. Magic Johnson, one of the most successful. Benny Johnson is incredible in business, Dave Bing and others. And so... I uh, just tried to follow their example or, or follow my father's example. And that was find a job you love. You don't want to come home from the factory every day. And he says, you know, find something you're passionate about, work your ass off and figure it out. And um, <laughs> I put some good people around me and that's what we tried to do. Yeah. How'd you find what you were passionate about? I mean, aside from basketball, after basketball. Oh man, that's a great question. Honestly, uh, I'm a man of faith. I prayed about it. I wrestled with it. I tried a lot of things that even if you were rewarded for it, you didn't get that feeling inside, that, that enjoyment inside. And so that lets you know where you are with it. Kind of the things that you can't sleep because you're excited about. Those are things you're passionate about. And so um, right now, uh, this is uh, the number one thing I'm passionate about, not just because of the industry, but more so, you know, even though I've had a successful life and I've really been blessed, you know, in my community, it's less than six degrees of separation. I have family, I have friends, and we're all there. And I, I believe the impact that this will have in Families' lives generationally. I believe that it'll help a family skip one devastating act by a family member that won't let the family be together. You know, I, I believe these things will instill, inspire, and by people working hard and inspire themselves, not by me. 
but by them through their hard work and just giving them the access to an opportunity. So I'm pumped about it because um, I know it's a hell of a responsibility and uh, I better be excited about it because it's a big challenge because, you know, you want to be successful and you want to make sure that this model can transcend cannabis and go to every industry. Like, why can't it? And so um, trying to do some good things. What you mentioned, you know, you've got, you had these great mentors in your life, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson. Is there anything that you remember them telling you both in your career as a basketball player, but also as your career as an entrepreneur that that's really stuck with you? Like it did, what kind of things did they tell you that, that really meant something to you? I don't know if Isaiah has told me anything, but I think the biggest thing I've taken from Isaiah is that he really listens. Even when he has the answer, most times he really listens. His attention to detail is meticulous. And um, I just admire, I admire that in him. And I, and I said basketball players, but I have a lot of business mentors that have been in this their whole lives and have done you know incredible things and taking that from them is just to be really focused on your goal specific especially with this one mentor told me to make sure that I defined what success was early and the other was pay attention to detail and, and those two things you know ever since I was told that I was like I got goosebumps and just you know make sure but I have great people around me it's awesome and uh, I love feeling the butterflies like I did before a game because, you know, let you know hopefully something big is going to happen. Yeah. Is there anything that you've carried over from your being a professional athlete into being a professional business person? Like, is there like a something you learned on the court that you've taken to the boardroom? <laughs> I think the, I don't even know if I really could say what I bring from the court, but I would say the fact that um, it's David and Goliath, man. It's like um, my father's the best man I know. It's not a basketball player. It's not a billionaire. It's not this, that. So I really could care less. I admire accomplishments, but I, I don't, that doesn't in, intimidate me. Or if it does, I'll snap out of it real quick. And what I've learned from my father and my mother and growing up is that, you know, I don't mind being in the, the David position in your Goliath. I embrace that. And so I like learning as much as I can and I'm coming for you. So yeah, it's just, there's you no know, intimidation because we're all, we're all humans. And I think that I've taken it. Whereas other people have done some great things, you know, it's, it's, you know, I like to see them in some other areas and try those. And if we're both vulnerable in each other's area of business, then it just takes a while for me to catch up. So just the fighting spirit, I guess, is what I could say. One, I like playing on the road more than home when I was in the league because I like shutting everybody up. So that's the kind of thing. I think that's why I was quiet about the first five years of cannabis, because I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to be about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you, you said, um, somebody said, you know, define success for you early and you, you say you look up to your father as, you know, a great role model. And what is success for your father? What does success for you mean? It's not just about making lots of money, right? I mean, that's a nice <laughs> dividend of it, but um, what is success for you? Yeah, well, I learned success a long time ago was, was health and family and, and being at peace with, with where you are and whatever stage that is. Of course, you can never be a total peace. But so my father came from an area where he had nothing. And understanding his life means, you know, that I can never complain and that um, it's a blessing for me to be here. And then my mother's life, along with her work ethic, uh, made me expect good things because you put the work in. And if it doesn't happen, shut up, keep it moving and, and go ahead. And so I think for my father, success is the moments so no one's looking. You know, him calling me at 10 and I'm on the phone. I'm like, Dad, I got to call you back. That's the stuff he likes. That's success for him because he just feels like there's no guarantee at the end. He just put the work in. So he loves the process. And and for me, for me, I think in, in, in this success, man, success for me, I think I'm going to have to let the people that have these opportunities and see at the end what success would be, would be. 
but I think uh, the biggest thing is success is listening and giving access. And with a partner like Jason, I can trust the process a little bit more than I can with others, maybe in the fund, uh, with his success. And so uh, just to trust the process, trust my gut and um, watch the success, you know, let it come and go get it, you know, have the balance of it. And uh, no, that sounds like a lot, but hopefully just keep working and do my best. That, that That's what success is. And not being, I guess for you, not being able to, being afraid of failing, right? It seems like you've, you've pushed through a lot of adversity in your life and stuff <laughs> and you've gotten through it. <laughs> it's okay to say, John. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what I mean. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He got by with a walk and Jimmy calls a technical. He, he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many. And so it'll be a technical foul, North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge mental mistake. Steve Fisher calls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my ahead. subtle, I just bring it in at the end. Me. Well, you know, one thing I love about you is that you, you laugh about it. Like there's this moment right in your, in your college career that happened that, and you've made jokes about it. You've gone, you've done commercials where you, you know, you do the preacher and you make fun of this thing, right? Like you, you're not going to like, let this thing weigh you down. Right. I mean, and I think that's really impressive. John, you know, your parents didn't let anything weigh them down. Your uncles, aunties, you know. It's well, like, mine did, but yours didn't. It was on a big stage, man. Uh, you know, it was a big uh, big thing. I called the time out, and, and, you know, we're down one. Now we're down four or something. We lose the game. It's the end of the world for me. And then, uh, luckily for me, I worked hard. I was going to be the number one pick a little bit later. And so I come home. My mother, two days later, I'm a mama's boy. And uh, two days later, she has a timeout license plate. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, you know, what? She's like, we're going to start a foundation and some kids are going to get to go to school and things like that. And you know, my mother doesn't even know about basketball. So, you know, and she's just, and, you know, it's important that people that you have around you, right, to frame the narrative. And so with me, I was the number one pick later and I got to go to schools and tell kids in areas like I was from, Look, I just did this, and I got to get up and, and, and get it going. Who's going to feel sorry for you? I know that you're in this area. You're going through this. This happened. But you know what? After we sit and cry, we can, let's write out a time. We can cry for five weeks straight. But as soon as we stop crying, we got to get up and go work. And we can stop and cry and have weak moments, but we're going to go work. And so, you know, hopefully this inspires some kids. It was hard for me. But, yeah, it's just about getting up, man. It's just about surviving, right? Anybody on any level. It's just about getting up, keeping it moving, man. And um, don't let anything kill your spirit. Don't let anything kill your spirit. Well, I'm glad that you that you you are who you are and, and have been that example for so many people. So, Chris Weber, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about this um, equity fund and, and, and Weber Wellness in the future. Thank you, man. Just one suggestion, man. You're supposed to like, you know, at the end of your show, from now on, turn around to the DJ booth and, <laughs> and scratch right, a little bit. Right. Where my, where's my turntables over here? Up. My turntables. I know you're right. I should, yeah, yeah, I should yeah, send you yeah, out yeah. with a little scratch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thank it. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the green entrepreneur podcast. To find out more about green entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at green entrepreneur 
We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.